1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on this Friday evening as clubs put plans in place to try and return to training as soon as possible. I'm Alison Conroy and joining me tonight is Alex Ray. Hi there. Hello, how yeah, are you? I'm doing well, doing well. I've had a good week, uh, three games of golf, Alison, so uh, good to be back doing a wee bit of work now. Excellent. You can give us a call tonight, remember, on 01419511025. Alex, plenty to talk about tonight, but I want to speak about something that's just breaking in the last hour or so, that the Competition Authority in Belgium have ruled that the relegation of Waslin Beveren was illegal. Yes. Now, it doesn't mean that anything here was illegal, I'm not saying that, but it just makes things a little bit interesting. Absolutely. Uh, it's. I think the, the Belgian court have said that it's illegal that Waslin Beveren relegation should not stand. Now, where does that leave Scotland? Because their legal system says it's not the case. Mm-hmm. However, I'm not sure what Scotland's take on it is legally, but Anne Budge will most certainly be thinking to herself, there is a precedent been set. They may well strengthen our case. And if reconstruction, you're thinking, will the club start thinking differently because there may well be ramifications? I've said last week that there was an appetite for Anne Budge to actually go down the legal route if she did not get reconstruction mm-hmm. up and running. This would reinforce her hand, I would suggest. It seems that there are differences between what's happening over there and what's happening here. Now, five o'clock was the deadline for clubs to tell the SPFL what they thought of the reconstruction plans. It wasn't a vote, it was just their opinion on whether they thought it was a good idea or not. So we'll know hopefully in the next few days what came of that as well. Yeah, well, if you go back to uh, the original consensus, Alison, six of the teams voted against it. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a vote It was a consensus to say We're not uh, entertaining yeah. this I don't actually see What has actually changed From then to now uh, uh, And Budge has done some good stuff Bringing the major investor uh, To the table To try and get things up and running uh, James Anderson So you look at that uh, Which was a nice thing But I still don't see How clubs will vote this through um, But again the, the legal ramifications Of Hearts going to court Could obviously cost clubs money uh, Because they'll have to be uh, trying to go down the, the financial route to try and claw some money back because of that decision so far. But, you know, it's still wrangling on. But I said last week that time is moving ahead. You know, yeah. we've got a, a virtual season ticket up and running this week as well. Most clubs are starting to buy into that and try to get their head around it, supporters. What a difficult decision to make, Alison. You know, they're very uh, emotionally attached to their clubs. They're obviously buying into it, but obviously with the financial implications, Mm -hmm. a lot of people might not be able to afford it to watch it on the TV. Yeah, they're buying into something with a season ticket at the moment. They don't really know fully what they'll get from it, but they're supporting the club and know that they'll be able to watch home games in some way initially. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, when you look at some of the figures released the other day, I think it was Hibs had 8,000 fans. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the old firm uh, are still to release it. The last I heard was... Both of them are into the 20-odd thousand mark. So, you know, that's large numbers when you consider where we are uh, in society, yep. this uh, pandemic. Uh, and, you know, over the coming weeks, I think the fact that I think it's the 11th of June, uh, the teams can come back uh, into training. And I think once that starts getting ramped up, I've seen Neil Lennon today. Uh, he's doing groups of six. Yeah, uh, we're going oh, to hear from, yeah. from Neil shortly. So, so, so it's just starting to creep in the right direction. And then you have the European uh, governing body, UEFA, 
uh, are going to give us some more clarity about internationals, about Champions League, about Europa League uh, in the 17th of June. So hopefully over the coming weeks we start getting a wee bit of where we're going uh, and then we can start planning for that. Yeah, as Alex says, clubs are getting plans in place to try and get back to training after the Scottish FA agreed they could return from the 11th of June. Celtic players will be back next Thursday while other clubs are waiting that little bit longer. Manager Neil Lennon's been speaking to Celtic TV about their plans. Players are back in, you know, next week. We start doing, you know, the medical side of things on Monday and Tuesday and then we'll all get tested on Wednesday and hopefully... You know, we can start in, in small groups on, on Thursday. Groups of five, you know, so we'll have two groups in the morning, two groups at lunchtime, two groups in the afternoon. So we'll get to see them all. Um, you haven't seen them for a while. You, you, you tend to miss them and you miss how, you know, close they are. You miss that camaraderie, that um, atmosphere around the place. Obviously, again, there'll be certain protocols. They can't go in the building. They'll have to do all the stuff outside. And that's fine. But we're just delighted that we can have some sort of semblance of, you know, training and and we have a target now of, you know, the first week of August to start back in, into the championship. And all those plans now are, you know, coming to fruition. Celtic have got their plans yeah. in place. They're going to be back next Thursday, as Neil Lennon says. I've spoken to a few other clubs. Yeah. They're not ready to be back on the 11th of June. This is the date that they're allowed to be back from, but other clubs are having to take that a little bit longer. Most of them are aiming for Monday the 15th. It might be a little bit later because they're still trying to work out how they do the testing, how they put plans in place. Because remember, some of these clubs don't have training grounds. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you have to get safety first. Uh, the 11th of June was set by the, uh, the Scottish government and they, they have to adhere to certain rules before they can actually get the players back in and around the training ground. I think Rangers are back on the 15th of June, mm-hmm. as you said there, Alison. Um, and uh, I was discussing with someone that, that we spoke on the show last Friday about in terms of pre-season friendlies. I'm led to believe that you know there's already friendlies in place for, for the build-up to the mm-hmm. season. So that was something... I thought made sense because when it was said last week I brought to what I think was one of the callers called us last Friday we weren't quite sure because we hadn't heard it I can clarify that they are being put in place Okay, which you know clubs need a bit of proper football before they go straight back into competitive games yeah you normally look about at least a half a dozen games you know I think they've been using the League Cup over the last couple of years most of the teams have been playing four, five, six games for that as well Alison and then uh, games against other teams just to try and get everybody up to, to scratch and as, as Neil said it's just the, the plans are actually just starting to go in place and they have to kind of get everything right so they had the ground running on the 1st of August When you hear about all these plans that are being put in place and what clubs are having to do you know clubs that don't train at their grounds players won't go anywhere near the stadiums when they go to the training grounds they're not allowed inside they That's basically right. turn up in their training gear they train they leave their chat that you know as you know they get their their lunch after training whatever they might be handed a packed lunch what I've been told by by one club possibly and they're put back in their cars and sent away so it's a complete change for the players on, on every level Yeah They're having to adapt As you rightly said You know Because you're turning up With your uh, training gear on You're just going to the pitch You've got a certain amount Of footballs To, to deal with as well uh, And I think it's just Small steps Alison I think it's groups of five That, that initially That will be in And then you Will try and Increase that So that you can Build in numbers up Over the, the coming weeks Then you'll be trying To get your closed door games and, and you're right You have to adhere To all these safety aspects that uh, That's been laid down and then obviously you have food stuff. But again, you know, I think throughout this period, we've often spoke about this, you know, the mental health of players is really important mm-hmm. as well. I've seen a wee four-minute video from the 
English uh, FA down south and I thought it was really important because everybody's gearing up to the fitness aspect we'll, we'll test them and things and you're just wondering how people have actually coped throughout this period you know of lockdown uh, isolation because uh, some of these players will be uh, on their own you know uh, staying in flats and things uh, so it's just about how they actually all come back in, in one piece get them through the coming weeks and get get back to what we love doing you know playing football I know St Mirren are offering mental health to their mental health advice and support to their players through Kibble, one one of their partners. And you're right in saying that they are athletes, they're sportsmen, yeah. but what they've known their entire careers yeah. has been taken away from them. Yeah, as as with other people. Yeah, I was speaking to Gordon Duncan about this a couple of weeks ago, Alison, and I think it's really important because um, you can't really measure what's going on in someone's head, you know, and it's just about trying to open up. And I think we live in a uh, a, a time now where it's actually encouraged to go and talk to people about how you're doing if you're a wee bit low I think years gone by people would try and use that against you you know and it, in my experience is it's actually your biggest asset you know because you grow from it you mm-hmm. actually unload the burden and, and you can move on 01419511025 is the number you need and Stephen in air has given us a call hello Stephen hi Alison hello how are you doing two seconds to sort this Hello. Hello, you sorted? Yeah, yeah, sorted. Um, I am just, I'm absolutely delighted that we've actually got a target now for the, the football mm-hmm. to be started in, is it the 1st of August? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I just, I've been on the last couple of nights and it's, it's been nothing but negativity for folk. If you take it back six weeks ago, right, we were doing votes, we didn't have a sponsor, and now, now basically we've got... We've got a date in place. We've got a guy looking to pump millions into Scottish football. People's questioning him. You know, I, I just think it's madness. Uh, I, I'm just delighted that everything's, everything's getting back to normal. I, I actually yeah. think, you're, uh, Stephen, in terms of the, the the money that this guy's actually looking to try and throw into football, I think it's an absolute brilliant idea. We spoke about a just giving or someone with money last Friday, mm. Alison, and, and you have to say... To actually give that amount of money to the game is a lovely gesture and I don't think it should be questioned if everything's okay. So many are sceptical of it, but what we're told, this is legitimate. He wants to just give money. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with the Foundation of Hearts. Obviously, of he's, he's involved there, but he just wants to put money into the game to well, secure the future of it, essentially. Yeah. And if, he, uh, if, if everything is above board, uh, and we're led to believe it is, mm-hmm. now there's more details will, will surface. If it's above board, I think it's an amazing gesture by this guy and... It may well allow a couple of the divisions below to get testing stuff uh, to allow mm-hmm. them to get the league up and running sooner than we thought because £50,000 is a lot for uh, a lower league Yeah, club. absolutely. And uh, what did we say it was? Did we say it's something like between two and 4000 yeah. a week uh, for testing? Yeah. So it allows these guys to get up and running, get their, uh, you know, the virtual season tickets which allow them to maybe try and uh, get the season going because... As I said to you, it's, as much as it's great to have the top flight, you obviously wanted the championship as well. If we can get League One and Two up uh, and running, it just keeps everything ticking over in the right t- uh, right direction. Um, so for me, I think it is a positive in terms of getting the season. And because of the uncertainty over the last few weeks, we weren't quite sure, but things are changing uh, every couple of weeks, and it's gave us a, a, a kind of starting date of the first of August. Stephen, how are you feeling about watching your team virtually to start with? Well, I'm I'm not a season ticket holder right. due to work. I work mm-hmm. weekends, so 
I presume that just means I'll be watching the away games in Sky Sports. I yes. don't know if there's another avenue where I can. I think it's just for season ticket holders. That's what there's talk there. that there might be a pay per view, but that's all obviously not all in place at the moment. But there is a possibility that if, that if, could happen. If as that well. facility was there, guys like Stephen, you know, maybe people out with who do, who can't afford a season mm-hmm. ticket, who choose not to do it, and and you can't blame anybody, Alison, for not renewing a season ticket under these circumstances. And as I said earlier on, I think, you know, there's a strong emotional attachment to all the teams in Scotland. The numbers so far have been brilliant and we still have two months before the season gets up and running, so I'm sure they will increase. Thank you to Stephen and Air for his call. I've got Jim and Rutherglen on the line as well. Hello, Jim. How are we doing, guys? Good, Good thank you. Uh, I'd like to ask a panel uh, the question here is, for the SPFL offering the fourth team in the league, the other European place. Where does it now leave the SFA and the Scottish Cup for the team that won the Scottish Cup? Because I think there could be where possible legal action coming here with a decision to give the fourth team in the league the other European place. Yeah, that's a good point Jim, uh, because if one of the teams actually won it when they decide to play it I think there's some speculation that they may have to play it behind closed doors because they were talking about the, the turn of the, uh, this year so, but it's a good point, Jim, because if you essentially give the team in fourth place, which I think is Aberdeen, the Europa League place, someone else may well win that further down the line, and mm-hmm. then you have that ramifications of maybe legal recourse. But I genuinely don't know how you sort all this, Jim, because we're in a time where they need to get a place established. Because as we said earlier on, on the seventeenth of uh, June, UEFA are going to meet and then they're going to give guidelines to, I would imagine, next season. Finishing uh, this season's European competitions So they're trying to get this one finished They also have to get the next one up and running And they need the places for that So I don't know I know that in England they're actually hoping to get that up and running by July Alison, yeah. I think they're hoping to get the FA Cup done and dusted by then So I, Jim, I, I can't I, answer I, your I question also, I, I believe that Aberdeen are aware of this And I think there could be possible ramifications here coming I think the SPFL have made a total pig's ear of this as well Along with the, the league being declared, they should have been declared null and void, and we should have all moved on. Alec, that, that was the only fair and legal thing. Made. Because there you go, you said there are the Belgium. They've said that yeah. the team was relegated have been unfairly. But I think there's got to be major, major problems in this country, and I think the SPFL's way out to get out of this. Alec, is they're going to shoe, they're going to shoehorn Hearts into the top league, mate, to get away from this because there could be a lot of stuff under under Cuthingby here if, if it does go to court. Jim, Jim, do you know the the thing for me is see this decision in Belgium. I think this is just the start of a lot of associations being challenged. You know, if the reconstruction for Hearts to get back into the top flight over the next week or two was put to bed and the clubs voted against it, I said to Alison a few mm-hmm. times now that I felt as if Hearts would most certainly go down the legal route. I'm absolutely certain of that. There's an appetite for it. And that would just be the start in Scotland. So you're absolutely right in terms of a European place further down the line. Would there be recourse? Would there be an appetite for it from uh, whoever uh, is still in the Scottish Cup? Or would people accept it? Because I think we actually, you know, there's so much to take in. uh, And again, you can't uh, berate hearts for actually thinking because they were harshly treated in this situation that they're going to be out of pocket by millions, uh, estimated to be three or four million pounds. So... They're obviously going to try and claw some of that money back. It's been a thankless decision in a way because no one can agree on what should have happened. So the fact yeah. that no one can actually agree on what could have ha- should have happened means yeah. that any decision that was made 
in somebody's eyes was going to be wrong. Yeah, without a doubt. I think because if, uh, we always go back to the self-interest, Alison. So for me, uh, there's always going to be teams harshly punished. Uh, and the relegation one never sat right with me because of the amount of games that they had. And unfortunately, you know, you're seeing it in, uh, with Waslin Beveren over in Belgium. They will have a, a legal recourse now. Absolutely. This is Clyde One at Super Scoreboard. We'll be back after the travel with Lindsay. Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Tackling compensation claims for more than 40 years Talk to Thompson's.com Alex Ray here with me, Alison Conroy on Clyde One Super Scoreboard through until 7 o'clock tonight I'll go back onto the line shortly but I want to hear from SFA Chief Executive Ian Maxwell and he says there is a chance supporters could be locked out of the Scottish Cup semi-finals and final when they're eventually played He says they'll wait for the government guidelines but admits they can't hold off on this forever Ideally we want to play them in front of supporters we're going to have to take a decision on the way who don't if it becomes apparent you know, that we're not going to be able to to get significant numbers of supporters into stadiums for a period of time then we're going to have to make a decision on playing the matches because the matches are important and, you know, as we said before it's a flagship event and we want to finish it so again it's, it's unknown if we thought that we could wait till later on in the year and that would guarantee us a number of supporters in the stadiums then great everybody would look forward to that if that's not going to be the case then, then I'm sure we'll get the games played somehow it probably makes more sense to play it this calendar year, if I'm, if I'm being honest. I think when you start to get into 2021, 20, we've got a next season Scottish Cup competition to be We've got you know league competitions that are going to be played, depending on what happens with the SPFL and the Betfred competition. We could be trying to cram quite a lot of fixtures into a short period of time. And again, our ability to do that is going to be unknown. So I think the likelihood is we'll try and play them this year, but we'll, we'll just need to wait and see how that goes. The joy of Zoom audio there yes. from uh, Ian Maxwell. So he's, you know, he's right. You can't hold off on the Scottish Cup yeah. forever. You would absolutely love fans to be in. The fans would love to be there watching their team in cup action, but that again might not be possible. Alison, when I heard that we were talking about the turn of the year playing these uh, semi-finals mm-hmm. and then the final, I thought it was madness. Uh, I just thought the the whole thing was starting to become ridiculous. Uh, and I can understand why they were trying to do it at the turn of the year purely to get fans in. Everybody needs the revenue as well, even the SFA. Uh, but to, to get them up and running this year makes a lot more sense. I've, I've always maintained, you know, I, I understand the four teams are desperate to get it played. Mm-hmm. There's a cup up for grabs. There's there's up potentially a European spot for uh, if Hibs or Hearts won it, they could get it. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, if Celtic won it, then it would obviously go to fourth place. So, you know, you, you look at that, Alison, and... Uh, it still, it still doesn't sit right because I think Hearts have already released 15 players potentially some more players to go I think it'll be a far Very weak, different a far, teams. A far weak inside so for me they're at a disadvantage right away but you know they're obviously trying to play it uh, as Ian said there but it's probably going to be this this side of the, this, this calendar year Ian Maxwell was also talking about Scotland games coming up and obviously we've still got that crucial Nations yes. League semi-final and potential hopefully final which could determine if we're at the Euros now next summer. And again, he's saying it probably will be behind closed doors. It's, uh, Alison, it's really disappointing because I think it would probably be your uh, first time for a long time that it was a sellout <laughs> at Hampton. You know, it's against Israel, isn't it? So uh, I look at that and it is very difficult because these players, the modern day players, are going to have to adapt to playing behind closed doors. There's no atmosphere. You have to get motivated uh, of your own Accord and for me, you know, this is paramount because what an opportunity! You know, you're a couple of games away if you're going to a major tournament, 20 odd years, you know, and 
We get excited by this But listen We have to deal with it In the circumstances And I think we'd have A great chance against Israel You know We've got some really good players John McGinnon That'll be back up to speed as well yeah. McTominay Back up to speed So You know Depending where the players are In their development uh, I, would, I would imagine They two in particular Will be uh, in the mix Let's go back on to lines Jerry and Uddingston's Given us a call On 01419511025 Hello Jerry. Good evening Alison Good evening Alex. Hope you're both well Um I'd like just a, a wee chat with yourself, someone I, I respect you know, and, and your opinions I think are very fair and balanced. You kind of contradicted yourself this evening when you're talking about the Lasslin Beveren situation and Hearts potentially having legal recourse um, due to the decision made in Belgium. When the Belgian League called their champion, I think it was Bruges who was given the champions, um, and, and you were discussing, I can't remember who you were on with it that evening, and there was discussions about what that mean for Celtic. Your comments that evening were, what happens in Belgium has no correlation to what happens in the Scottish League. I'd like to know what's changed from that comment to now it being a correlation because Hearts may have legal recourse because of what happened in Belgium. It didn't really make sense. What, what are your thoughts on that? What, what I said tonight was I'm not exactly sure of the legal uh, decisions in there because it's a, a, an association uh, membership mm-hmm. who have made that decision, Jerry. So I don't know exactly what they do in Belgium. They've went to court there. So if I'm Hearts and I'm thinking about going to court, you would have to look at exactly what's actually happening over there. Now, I'm not sure that they're actually questioning the top of the, the tree. However, they're talking about the relegation, so we're, we'll, we'll focus solely on that. So I'm just looking at that, Jerry, and I'm thinking to myself, if I'm budge tonight, I'm going to look into that to see if that helps my case. Now, as I said earlier on, it might and it might not. I'm not sure. I'm not a legal expert. But what I'm saying is I, I've got a feeling that Hearts have an appetite to go uh, down the legal route And I, I would su- suspect That this probably Will help their case Because there's been A precedent over there But there might be That it's not Because we've only heard About this an hour ago Jerry You might know better In the legal stance No absolutely I'm certainly no legal I can tell you that Jerry do you know Do you know think That because there's a precedent Set over there That someone's challenged something I think you might see A lot of this Throughout Europe Depending on teams That are not happy Whatever the you know, some teams are going for... I was at Leon, we're looking to go for uh, the Europa League and they wanted it to go as well. They were talking about a legal challenge to get to Europe. So I'm not saying either way. I'm just seeing that there's going to be challenges across the board and this may well help Hearts because it's happened somewhere else. No, I think you're right. And, I, and you know, it sticks in my throat a little bit. Um, regardless who, who, who's talking about legal action, taking their, their um, association to court, it's happened because of a, of a health pandemic. Now, I mean, I'm bad, you're absolutely right. There's an appetite to take this further. But if she wants to look into the governance of the SFA and the SPL, perhaps they could look into the governance of how she's run Hearts and the decisions she's made and the money she's cost Hearts due to the fact that she's made really poor decisions. And I think that everyone has made poor decisions. And to go down the legal route, in a situation where clubs are potentially going to go out of business, the legal route would potentially um, delay the beginning of the season is... um, Abhorrent in my mind I think that You know That perhaps In my humble opinion Deserve to go down Because they've been The worst team In, in the league They've got the wage bill Which is probably Third or fourth highest And a lot of money In players But poor management Poor player decisions Of course Not the SPFL Jerry, see within a members organisation I think it's in the, the The rules And you know The wording of it Is that no team Should be worse off mm-hmm. uh, to, From a vote I think it's across the board. It's uh, Hearts, Partick Thistle, and Stranraer are worse off 
And I can understand why they would go down that route Because financially, Hearts are most certainly going to be worse off So they might be looking for some sort of kickback From the member clubs because of that decision So so you're absolutely right The, the, the legal decision is not about how unfair a decision is They want money Now I think the thing is though The reason Hearts are there Is due to, to the governance of Hearts Wasting money on poor management and poor players So surely they need to look at their own responsibilities before they look at someone else Yeah, well see the thing is I think they invested quite heavily in January as well They brought Liam Boyce in Reported at six million yep. pound, uh, sorry, six grand a week mm-hmm. And they they would have been looking at this period Where they were playing against the teams You know, when they went into the split As an opportunity to try and get that Now that's been taken away And yeah. they've been voted, they've been relegated So as I said, I think most people And listen, I agree with Jerry. I think the actual running of Hearts has been poor And I think it's been for about 18 months I've been very much on the slide some of the recruitment, managerial situations have been we've been on the show saying that as well, Jerry. So when you take all that into consideration, they have to look at their own practices within that. But this is a separate thing. You know, you have to look at your the decision and as I said, I think there's an appetite and I think Waslin Beveren over in uh, Belgium may well reinforce that. It's a question that we'll never be able to answer is would Hearts have got themselves out of trouble had they been able to play till the end of the season? Nobody can answer that. Yes, yeah. Hearts will feel hard done by. Other yeah. clubs will go well. You know, they hadn't won games up to this point. So it's difficult. No, and it's, You understand why Hearts are, are looking at this because they're looking after themselves as uh, every club yeah. uh, well, are. He, he, Alice, but he, he, but it, is it going to be to the detriment of other clubs? Yeah, well, the thing is as well, Alison, um, you know, you look at Partick Thistle, you know, we're talking about teams that have been unfairly. Yeah. They have a game in hand. And they've been relegated, mm-hmm. you know. And you think, come on, this is this is not quite right. And I think most people acknowledge that. Uh, I think Party Thistle all, all, also felt as if they had a, a legal recourse. They uh, decided not to go down it. the. Legal but again, route. you don't know what the financial ramifications are. You know, mm-hmm. I think with Hearts, Hearts are talking about millions, whereas Party Thistle's loss might not mitigate against what it would cost them legally to go down that route. Thank you to Jerry for his call. We've got Hamish and Bannockburn on the line now. Hello, Hamish. Hello there, good evening Alison, how are you? I'm good, thank you, yourself? Fine, now just to correct a caller that was on a couple of minutes ago Yes The one, the caller that was on before Ian Maxwell mm-hmm. saying it was a SPFL Scottish Cup It's run by the SFA mm-hmm. And the reason Aberdeen will get the fourth place Is they've already made a ruling That, that clubs, a league sorry Have finished their league And they've got to nominate the four clubs If they can't do it through the cup competitions It's official that the four teams got to get it yeah, which the fourth team will get it But his point was that they'll feel aggrieved That that has happened And they've not been able to play the Scottish Cup When they could have had the chance Yeah uh, but, but, but They've all been told that I understand the CV19, okay It's uh-huh. not happening But all the clubs have been told Who's in the semi-finals If it's taken after it's nominated You're playing for the, the glory of winning the Cup yeah, that was all. Just to correct the last caller, no, who, Aber- who didn't want Aberdeen to get it, he wanted the league null and void. We know where he was coming from. Hello, Alec. How are you, pal? All right. Hamish, I'm good. Thanks for actually clearing that up because we actually had it down as if Aberdeen or Celtic had won. That's the what Scottish would traditionally Cup. traditionally happen any other season. Yeah. But they've called it because. Because it's changed, no, Alex. Yeah. They made a statement because nobody knew what was happening with the CV19. You understand? Aye, aye. No, no, that's that, pal. You'll find out I'm right, or maybe wrong, but you'll find out I'm right. Okay, Alex, have a nice night. <laughs> Thank and you, you Hamish. Hamish. <laughs> Hamish there with his rule book. Do you know I love I'm that? Glad someone knows what they're doing. 
That is, I mean, they're old traditionally. They got rid of the runner-up plays because of you know the likes of Gretna and yeah, Queen of the South, absolutely. And Queen of the South, and such like in recent times getting into Europe. And I think that was. I'm glad Amy's cleared that up. I know. The, you know, there's so much has happened in Scottish football. So much has changed. We are learning. No, well, listen, it's moving all the time. That's the thing, you know. All these dates are constantly changing. But in terms of where you can get back, what sort of training you can do if you're going for five to eight to ten. So you know, we're just trying to keep it as we go along. We're obviously talking about closed doors games and that's the way it's going to be to start with. Well, Aberdeen chairman Dave Cormack has been talking. He's optimistic about the prospect of getting some fans back into grounds before the end of 2020. He says they're also planning on having a coronavirus testing unit at their training ground when players and staff can eventually return there. It might be 3,000 fans getting, might be 5,000, may go in increments. We don't know. I mean, 3,000 fans in a stadium that holds 20,300 people is kind of manageable. Those are the things we kind of need to kind of figure through because there, there may be fans that are season ticket holders, for example, that have underlying conditions where they shouldn't you know, be at Pitaudry. So there's a lot to work through. I kind of think the cup is half full rather than half empty. A half empty approach says you won't try anything. Right now, that's what we're going to try and go for. I think it um, makes sense to, to, to go from behind closed doors to limited crowds and build up from there. But listen, there are literally 50, 100 pages of guidelines that have been put together on exactly what each club will do. And we will follow these to the letter um, of the law. You know, at this stage, we're finalising how we do the testing. And it's, but certainly our plan is to have one of those testing units there so that we can do it on site. Optimistic about yeah. fans. Ha- glass half full. I like that approach. Glass half full. And as he says, 3,000 fans in a stadium the size of Pataudry isn't yeah. that many. But the question goes back to what we've said. How do you decide which fans get in first? Yeah, and it depends on... I would imagine your season tickets would have first shout on that, Alison, because they've committed to the club. Uh, I think it's just short of 21,000 mm-hmm. uh, capacity at Aberdeen. So you're obviously taking uh, great care... To, to look after your supporters so he's suggesting 3,000 rising 5 and, and, and so mm-hmm. forth up, up the way and uh, I think the most pleasing thing for that was that it was a suggestion that may well be this calendar year Alison Stewart Robertson the Rangers also said that they may well get some fans in uh, sooner rather yeah. than later as well so I think that's encouraging signs we're just looking for something to cling on to closed doors small fans and then build up Alison and hopefully before too long we've got the place Uh, as packed as we possibly can There is a transfer window to think about as well during all this Dave Cormack says they'll consider nothing less than market value for their players in the transfer window like Scott McKenna and Lewis Ferguson have been linked with moves away from Pataudry in recent weeks There's no way that we will sell any player for less than what we think is market value Now market value you know today versus you know a year ago may be different but there's absolutely no way that um, we are going to sanction any player going on the cheap, and it's just that's just we, we just won't do that, and 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 that's just a, a you know a, a policy we will have, you know, as as a board. So we're fully expecting all of our players to play a part next season. Obviously, if there's a reasonable offer comes in um, for a player, then we will of course consider that and consider what the player wants to do as well. I think that's interesting what you said there, Alison, that they won't consider any offers unless it's market value because I think there'll be clubs out there who have got assets. Mm-hmm. And, and they obviously mentioned a couple there, Ferguson, McKenna. 
Uh, I spoke to a club in England the other day who are very keen on Cosgrove as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, yep. you know, they've been really looking at him uh, over the course of this season, been impressed. So it will depend on where the club are financially as well. It's interesting what he said, though, that market value now could be very different to what their market value months. for the player was maybe yeah, during the season. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, until the marketplace opens up, we don't know if there's going to be a big impact, you know, in terms of people trying to buy players. Uh there will most certainly be a hunger to bring players in. There's no two ways about that. I think Neil Lennon's been uh, active in the last couple of days saying that they've actually identified people. They've started getting the ball rolling. Uh, I'm led to believe that Rangers may well be signing someone over the course of this weekend as well. Mm-hmm. So there's very much uh, that kind of small steps to actually start recruiting now. There's so many players as well, unfortunately, out of contract and without a club. Oh, listen, I, I was speaking to uh, Michelle Evans from the, the PFA, P- PFA yeah. recently and she says that there was hundreds, literally hundreds. Mm-hmm. And you, you look at some of these guys in, and I think a lot of clubs, and I, and, this, and I think this is something they have to factor in as well, Alison. If we're talking about within the space of what, uh, 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 10 days or so, some of the clubs might come back, that you might have clubs back, but some may well hold off because of the financial position that they find themselves in. So... Will that hamper them actually signing potential targets that they wanted to sign because of the financial uh, situation? So this is all things that clubs are going to have to to look at because within the space of about eight or nine weeks, we're going to be up and running again. You look at some clubs and what they will be returning to training with in terms of size of squads. When you look at the players that have been released, Released. look look at you know St Mirren for example and the amount of players that have left there. In, in the last week or so Yeah uh, As I said to you Alison You know we, was, we, we touched on mental health earlier on Some of these guys Will have mortgages Families No money uh, Some of them are cutting The, the furlough uh, scheme early as well Some are keeping it on Depending on what the view is Of the chairman And uh, you know They'll be desperate To get back in uh, I remember as a young kid Trying to get a secure uh, A team And it was brutal I mean really really brutal You think to yourself Where, where do I go for here You know do, the, do some of them have a trade? Are they going to try and get a job in this current climate? So there's a lot of things to to consider. So it may well be that the clubs can actually snap players up, uh, you know, because of the these circumstances. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're back after the travel with Lindsay. Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Your comeback is on. Talk to Thompsons.com. Alex Ray here with me, Alison Conroy on Clyde One Super Scoreboard on this Friday evening. I want to go straight back onto the phones. We've got James and Mary Hill. Hello, James. Hello, Alison. Hello, Alex. Hi, How are you doing? Good, thank you. Right, my, my point uh, tonight is Hearts are relegated, correct? Yes. Right, so if I get back into the Premiership through mm-hmm. this vote or whatever, what happens to the, uh, the league title? The Celtic, the league title, I'm a Rangers supporter, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, does the title get taken a Celtic? No. How? Because... The only reason that Hearts would still be in the top flight is because of league reconstruction, not because they haven't been relegated. It's because they'll have made the top flight bigger. Fourteen, yeah. I think. That, no, I think. I think the only way, James, that Hearts will get back in is if they have a vote, which actually allows them to get up to fourteen or yeah, maybe sixteen. It's not about keeping them in the league as it is at the moment. Hearts would only still be in the top flight if league reconstruction. Yeah, happens. the clubs voted for that. I think that's the only right. way they would do that. But see, going back to your point, um, James, if you go back to, I think it was Leon, I could be wrong, but Leon was making uh, noises that they were actually going to challenge because they had an opportunity to get into maybe the Champions League spot uh, if the league had continued and they wanted to uh, get the, the league up and running again. Something along the line. So it's not to say that people can't challenge a decision depending where they are. Some relegated teams like Waslin Bevan have actually. Uh, can effectively kind of overturn that decision today wasn't legal 
Yep. Lately on they're going to try and do it in France So I think you'll actually start seeing this across Where people are not happy Self-interest And it's and it's only right that they actually look after their own interests But where we go with it James I have no idea Because as I said I think uh, I think it was a guy called Les Dean Was talking about Hearts a couple of weeks ago And he was actually saying that this could go on for a year or two mm-hmm. If through the legal process And by that time Hearts potentially would have to find their way through uh, the championship and then if they got awarded some money down the line we need to get football back up and absolutely. running Whatever's happening we, yeah. You know, it's a business as much as a, a sport Yeah And and, and, I, and I just think that if you if you think about Hearts They're only doing this to try and get something further down the line Because they feel as if they've been harshly treated I don't think it would overturn the decision to relegate them The only way they're going to go back up, James, for me Would probably be through reconstruction And as I said earlier, you know, the six clubs in the top flight had uh, no appetite to do it and I don't see what's actually changed within that now if there's a possibility of some legal action I think the board the SPFL will look into the Belgian situation see the legal side of it I think it would only right and proper that they looked into it and see if that was a possibility for Hearts to maybe go down that road then they may put that back to the members if that was the case Right Alright hey, thanks. Thanks. thanks very Thank much Cheers guys Cheers so many questions but as I say you can't delay the start of the the season for reconstruction right. or legal action or whatever the Scottish Premiership are working towards the 1st of August the TV deals in place virtual season tickets the, the details of that are being yeah. sorted at the moment training's returning as some of the callers said there's a slight sense of normality creeping in very slowly I think there's a bit of optimism Alison when you look at some of the things you can see a light at the end of the tunnel now I said to one of my pals today I've been watching the German football I watched uh, I watched Leverkusen play uh, Wolfsburg yesterday uh, mm-hmm. I taped a few weeks ago and I'm sitting there and, and some of it was good you know don't get me wrong the, the levels was decent and I'm sitting there going, this is brutal, you know, because there's no, <laughs> there's no atmosphere. And uh, as much as I like the technical ability of all that, it's just, it's no, it's no what we're used to. But we have to get through that point to then move on. But I think some of these kind of decisions in terms of courts and, and so forth will run parallel with all this good stuff mm-hmm. that we're actually trying to get them running, trying to sign players, getting the players back into training, because we want to get back playing. Brian in Stirling's given us a call. Hello, Brian. Hello, good evening, good evening, and welcome to the show, everybody that's <laughs> listening. Uh, listen, we are in an impossible situation. There is nothing precedented before it. There is nothing that we could ever put it up against. Mm-hmm. So for some of the callers, and Alex, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed in you, Alex, because there's times when you pander to the Rangers supporters, the boy that came on right at the top of the show, Oh, but she's going to uh, null and void. What a ridiculous statement. That was actually... Now, I will say there is a, an impossible situation that's hitting not only Scottish football, but Scottish society, European society, world society. It's an impossible situation that's hitting people in their pockets. It's an impossible situation that's hitting people in their sporting life. And this is this show is about football. The most of a bad situation, the best of a bad situation, and it's been poured over by greater minds than the idiot, and I'm sorry to call him that because I don't know him personally, but the idiotic statement he made about null and void, that is the worst of a bad situation. Because null and void has been explained countless times, and it's disregarding the fact that people who've placed money already into the, the, the company and into the, the football um, that are going to be 
then go to court and saying we want all of that money back, which is in the infrastructure of the clubs, which is in the, the, the players of the clubs. It's in the, the, the bringing the stadium up to a certain standard of the clubs who would then have to find money to pay that money back had we null and voided. Now, the other situation that we find ourselves in is trying to get back into football, mm-hmm. bringing... Uh, you know, like all of these brains, all, I, I can't imagine they're just saying, right, we're going to get Joe Bloggs and he'll tell us what to do. They are using every single resource that is available to them in a, in a situation that they have no precedent. And I'll say this again, yeah. they have nothing to gauge this on. So they are saying, here's what we've got. We've got a think tank, there's the best situation, there's the worst situation, there's what we've got in between. So hearts are in the position that they're going to be relegated and should be relegated because, as the league was called, they were in the position to be relegated. Now, Rangers were in the position, they were there in second. Brian, Brian, Brian you, know, you know when you were saying there that they're in the position to be called? That has actually been overturned. Now, we're only talking about in Belgium because of the they've legally challenged that and that's been overturned. So what happens if legally, because we don't know, but I'm just saying if it happens here, you're saying, ah, oh, but it's been called, but it's been actually... On the other side, that we need to remember that clubs voted for this. No, no, and I know that, Alison, but the actual courts are actually saying in Belgium. No, that might not be the case here, because as I said, things may well differ mm. from country can to I, country. Can I, can I answer that one? Yeah, go yeah. on, mate. I'm just as curious, Brian. Okay, well, the reason why is because we have a thing called structural law all over Europe, which is we have Scottish law, we have English law, we have the Belgians have got Belgian law. Yeah. You cannot... And the fact that we're coming out of the European Union and all that stuff, you cannot impose the Belgian law on Scotland. It's even folly, it's even folly to suggest it. Because Scottish law, which is actually one of the oldest laws in the world, by the way, but Scottish law will deem it um, on Scottish things, not on what happened in Belgium, not on what happens in France, not what happens here in England, or even their closest neighbours, England, it won't go with that one. Scottish law is Scottish law, but that's a whole different um, minefield. When you start adding that in a, in a sporting uh, venue, in a sporting show like this one, we then add, um, you know, lawyers, you add, um, you know, like judges and everything. But don't you think, in, in the think tank that has been working on behalf of the fourth 42 member clubs, remember. This is not someone saying, well, you know what, we'll make Celtic the champions because, well, it looks, you know, they're 13 points in front, there's only eight games to go, unlikely. Right, no, Alex, I'm going to get Alex to come in here. I'm rapidly running out of time. Oh, listen, see, see, Brian's actually saying there in terms of the, the, the think tank for the 42 clubs. Now, mm-hmm. uh, Hearts feel as if they have got a legal challenge ahead regardless of what Brian says about the law Alison because they've already said they've taken counsel from two QCs so they've they're going to go down this road regardless of what Belgium law is or any other mm-hmm. law for that matter so if the reconstruction doesn't happen I still think that Hearts will pursue that avenue at no point as well obviously this Belgian decision being made at no point did we say that means that that oh, decision is going to be made stone. here. It just makes people look at that and go, hmm, that's interesting that it's happened in that country. Obviously, we know law is very different of in course. every country and every every country has different rules. But as you say, it raises eyebrows for some. Yeah, and, and as we, we actually started the show with that, Alison, because it, it, 
It's the first uh, country that's actually said that it was illegal to relegate Wasteland. So from that point of view is, we just think, right, okay, could that be a precedent? Jim's saying it's not because Scottish law is the oldest, one of the oldest laws going. So, but I would suggest whether it's a relevance or not, Hearts will pursue this. Absolutely. And as I say, we'll find out next week club's thoughts finally on this reconstruction plans. I want to just talk quickly about a little bit of player news or speculation with Craig Gordon. Obviously his contract's up at Celtic. It looks like he's leaving. One club that's been linked with him, I'm not laughing, but St Mirren, which would be a a massive switch for him. Yeah, well, listen, I I went to uh, from Rangers to uh, Dundee. Alison, at similar age to Craig. So, uh, it depends on his... Uh, a few other clubs were led to believe are yeah, obviously interested absolutely. in him and, as well. I think there's plenty of good years. Now, let's put it this way. If St Mirren managed to secure his signing, it'd be a brilliant signing for Jim Goodwin because he has still got a lot to offer the game. That's about it for tonight. Thank you to for listening and thanks to all our callers as well. And thank you to Alex as well, of course. Andrew McLean will be here on Monday night with Hugh Keevans. GBX is up next. Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors helping you return to action. Talk to Thompson's.com.